Blog Color Girls. And welcome back, everybody, to another exciting, informational, inspirational, and fun hour of Infinite Love Talk Radio with your hosts, Doug and Jackie Christie. You can join us live by calling us at 347-215-8305, or as always, you can go into our chat room and join us at any time throughout the entire show. That's right, and today we are discussing best-selling authors and their books. We will also be welcoming a very special guest as well today, a little later in the show, so stay tuned. Have you ever picked up a great book and couldn't put it down? Well, that's what makes it a bestseller. Eventually, as the word-of-mouth advertising and prominent store displays helps to boost overall sales, the making of a bestseller is not an easy task, however, but it is a wonderful experience all the same, to first be published as an author and second to have a bestseller. No question about it. There are so many great authors out there, but we had to narrow the list down quite a bit, and we wanted to share a few of our favorites with you and, of course, why they are at the top of the list. A few of the best-selling authors in their books that we love are? We have on the first and foremost at the top of our list is Deepak Chopra. If you guys follow my husband's basketball career, then you would have remembered him reading The Way of the Wizard before um, every game for many years um, during his professional career. And it is a fantastic book. I remember someone had referred us to that book, and we read it together and was blown away. If you um, are so inclined to read something that's going to open your mind and, and you know broaden your outlook and just show you things and, and you experience a something, I won't give it away because it's a special book, and we will be having Deepak Chopra on our show sometime in the near future. So stay tuned because he is a phenomenal author, and the book is just its about Merlin, and, you know, it's just a overall, um, it teaches you, um, it opens your eyes up to different things in life, it, um, it challenges you, it gives you different uh it gives you like a worksheet that you can go through and different lessons, and I'll let my husband elaborate more, but it's a great, great, great book. Overall, there are probably, I would maybe I think it was 21 lessons in total, but what it says is that every day read a lesson, read it as many times as you want, and don't just go through and read the whole book. You can just from the beginning to the end because it's very interesting, but a lot of times they want you to sit with the lesson and read it and listen to it. But Deepak Chopra, Way of the Wizard, is a fantastic, fantastic read. He has written so many, so many powerful books. Another one is The Seven Spiritual Laws for Success mm-hmm. and list these uh, seven laws for you, and we won't go through them, but to let you know there are seven of them, and if you follow them, it shows you the roadmap to success and how you can get there, and it's just a powerful, powerful book. So check out Deepak Chopra, The Way of the Wizard, or The Seven Spiritual Laws of Success, as well as the library, because he has a very extensive library of books, and all of them are very, very helpful and inspirational for whatever it is that you're trying to do in your life. That's right, baby. Another author is Joe Oldstein, and one of his books, and he has an extensive library also, is Live Your Best Life Now. And this is just all about inspiration, and both of these two authors are, are at the top of our list just based upon the fact of inspiration and how they inspired other people's lives. And trying to teach you the the title of the book tells you so much, Live the Best Life Now. And that's just 
teaching you and telling you how to get the most out of every day and the obstacles that we all face in life and how we can overcome them and see them instead of an obstacle as a stepping stone to greater success, greater chances to further your life, further the opportunities that you have. And it's just a very, very um, impressive book in, in his library. That is Joel Olstein. Oh, most definitely, and as my husband said, it is just really, really, really um, an exciting thing. As you can see, we're very passionate about books. We're not just authors. We're connoisseurs of reading materials. We love books. Me and my husband could spend hours, our kids as well, in the bookstore just experimenting and finding new things and, you know, uncovering treasures. And um, I have a book out right now, as you guys are aware, called Proud to be a Colored Girl, and I wouldn't be doing myself justice if I didn't feel that this is actually on its way to becoming a bestseller, and not just, you know, because it's a popular book, but because of what, it's, what the message is. And I just want to say the next author I'm going to introduce, her name is Maya Angelou. She is a poet. She's a philosopher. She is just an overall phenomenal woman, and I love her poetry through and through. I'm constantly including it in all of my books and, and my novels in the future that I'll be writing. And um, I open uh, Color Girl with Steel I Rise, and I want to share with you, because um, we're moving right along through this segment, and since we were only six minutes in and we've already covered some great authors, I want to share with you a little poetry really quick here. And this is called Steel I Rise by Maya Angelou. You may write me down in history with your bitter, twisted lies. You may trod me in the very dirt, but still like dust I'll rise. Does my sassiness upset you? Why are you beset with gloom? Because I walk like I've got oil wells pumping in my living room? Just like moons and like suns with the certainty of tides, just like hopes springing high, still I'll rise. Did you want to see me broken, bowed head and lowered eyes, shoulders falling down like teardrops weakened by my soulful cries? Does my hotness offend you? Do you take it awfully hard because I laugh like I've got gold mines digging in my backyard? You may shoot me with your words. You may cut me with your eyes. You may kill me with your hatefulness, but still like air I'll rise. Does my sexiness upset you? Does it come as a surprise that I dance like I've got diamonds at the meeting of my thighs? Out of the huts of history's shame I rise. Up from past that's rooted in pain I rise. I'm a black ocean leaping and wide, welling and swelling I bear in the tide. Leaving behind nights of terror and fear I rise. Into a daybreak what's wondrously clear I rise. Bring the gifts that my ancestors gave. I am the dream. I am the hope of the slave. I rise, I rise, I rise. And I just wanted to share that with you to show you this woman is phenomenal. Wouldn't you say, honey? I would say just listening to that. that <laughs> wow. Oh, my God. That, that, type of, right. that type of poetry inspires. Mm -hmm. It just generates so much thought inside of your mind. And if that's one poem inside of many books that she's written. It should just let you know that this is an author, Maya Angelou, that you have to go out. And if you haven't experienced her besides what my wife just beautifully portrayed to you, you have to go out there and get it because there is just so, so much power in the words that she's imparting to us. Oh, most definitely. And you know what? She has a radio show, too. If you want to listen to her, you can go on Cyrus Radio. And I believe she's a part of the old network, too, the Oprah Winfrey um, series of radio shows as well. She has her own show. She's phenomenal. I, I pray one day in this life I get a chance to meet her and just shake her hand and tell her you have inspired my life 
from when I was young, and you always will, and anybody I can share your poetry, your books, or anybody that we can, you know, tell about your your story and just what you share with the world and what you've given to the world, we're going to do it. And, you know, it's just it's phenomenal to be able to honor her in our series of bestsellers and authors and why it's important. She gives a message. She uplifts, like my husband says. She inspires. She makes aware. And she's just she's a phenomenal person. And we'll move right along to the next lady on our list. Do we have to move along? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> The next lady on our list is very powerful in and of herself also, and I think that we all see her on CNN, Susie. Mm-hmm. And when you're talking business, when you're talking finances, and that's finance, a lot of the time she actually lets callers call in, mm-hmm. give their financial situation, and then she breaks it down and may say, this is a good reason why you should do it, this is a reason why you shouldn't do it. But also in the book that she writes, she informs about personal finances, about different types of things that you can get in IRAs, in your 401Ks, all these little loopholes that as uh, individuals you may not know, we may be too busy to check out, but there is so, so much information, and you, this is these are this is a must-have because we are all in some shape or fashion dealing in finances and all of those different things. So if you really, really want to get your finances under control, get a good understanding of exactly what is out there for you to benefit from going forward, looking for retirement, if you're trying to put your kids through college, if you want to buy a new car and you're not sure about interest rates and all these different things, should you buy it outright? Should you take a five-year loan? All of these things she touches upon, and it really gives you clarity of mind to kind of see because if you just go and you base it upon what they're saying at uh, whatever um, place you're dealing with, a car dealership, a bank, a mortgage lender, whoever, these are this is another avenue for you to go and check out so that you you know you have some information for yourself and you can see what best fits you. So check out Susie Orman. She has a few books out, uh, and it, it's a it's a must read for you. No question about it. Oh, most definitely. And and another thing, she's no nonsense. So if you call into the show and you ask about a certain thing you may want to do, she's going to tell you whether or not you can afford it. And that's what I respect so much about Susie Orman is she lets you know right off the bat, okay, I have $50,000 in the bank and I want to buy a new boat, a motorcycle, and I want to pay uh, rent instead of own. And she'll tell you, heck no, what are you doing? Go sit down somewhere. Try to figure out a way to put a little bit of that $50,000 into a mortgage that you're owning it and you're not renting something and wait on the boat and wait on the uh, new motorcycle and get yourself in a better financial standing first. So like my husband said, she's a phenomenal woman with a lot of phenomenal information financially. She can help anybody. So her books are fabulous. Um, We'll get you some titles to her books just shortly. We got a couple more. We got Where's My 15 Minutes. If you're looking for publicity and you want to have the best publicist or one of the best in Hollywood, go to Howard Bragman. He has a book titled Where's My 15 Minutes, and it's just fabulous. Um, He wrote it with Michael Levin, a gentleman that wrote our book with us um, when we wrote our very first uh, book three books ago, which is called No Ordinary Love, A True Story of Marriage and Basketball. Michael Levin is an excellent, excellent 
not only bestseller, but he's also a great ghostwriter. But um, staying on topic here, Where's My 15 Minutes book is it's all about publicity, uh, when to get publicity, when not to seek publicity, so on and so forth. Howard Bragman is featured on Entertainment Tonight, CNN, all the different um, talk shows, magazine talk shows everywhere. He is an expert, and his books are fabulous. Here's a couple of people that um, endorsed him. If you're not lucky enough to have Howard Bragman represent you sometime in your life, you should buy this book and take his advice as I do. Ricky Lake, everyone knows she's a successful talk show host, actress, and so on. Howard Bragman is a man who delivers on his promise. If he says his book will show you how to build your public presence in a positive way, you should believe him. It will. And that's Bill Bratman, chief of the police department at the LAPD. Here's maybe one more I'll share with you that's huge. In good times and in tough times, Howard Bragman is the guy you want at your side, Ed McMahon. And as you know, Ed McMahon is a phenomenal person that's been around. He's went through his tough times, ups and downs, and maybe he should read Susie Orman's book as well. But these are the reasons why these bestsellers are important and why we love him so much. We got a couple of other ones. We'll share with you The Secret um, by Rhonda Byrne. My husband's also read this book. I've read this book. It's fabulous. You guys already know it's one of the biggest sellers of all time. It was featured on Oprah Winfrey. The Secret offers so much. It um, is just, it's a, I can't even tell you enough. It will help you to um, find things out about yourself and in your life. It makes you open up your eyes and see things differently. And it's all about bringing into fruition positive thoughts and messages. It's almost like um, creative visualization. And I tell a lot of people um, in interviews and stuff, I used that when I met my husband and wanted to enhance our relationship and become closer with him. I use creative visualization where you just, in your mind, you say, this is what I I want in my life and this is what I'm going to bring in my life, this positive human being, this um, wonderful relationship, and we are going to grow together type of thing. And you just say that to yourself and you think that, you actually live that and you actually bring it into fruition. The Secret is a fabulous book. And last but not least, we have The Complete Idiot's Guide to Meeting and Planning. Any of those Complete Idiot's Guide or Chicken Soup, all of those different books. You already know they're bestsellers. They're fabulous for information. But if you're somebody that wants to plan events, we know the summer is coming. Get the Complete Idiot's Guide to Meeting and Planning Events. It's the second edition, Helpful Strategies and Tactical Tips for Successful Events, Big or Small. I've read it myself. I am great with throwing parties. So is my husband and my daughter. But I've found so much new stuff in here I never knew about. It's a lot of bullet points in there that you can go and look up and just there it is, and you're like, oh, my God. So definitely it is by Robin E. Craven and Lynn Johnson Gobalski and written with Detta Valchich, and I probably slaughtered the name, but she's a CMP. Again, it's the Complete Idiot's Guide to Meetings and Event Planning, second edition. Honey? Yes, baby, and I got one more for you. Okay. Also, we have Dan Millman. Now, Dan Millman oh, yeah. Books. Yeah. Dan is a former world champion athlete, college professor, and coach, and best-selling author of 10 books, including The Way of the Peaceful Warrior, The Life You Were Born to Live, and Everyday Enlightenment. Um, Dan has a book called Body, Mind, Mastery, and this is creating success in sport and in life. It is an awesome, awesome book, and somebody who uh, gave endorsement was Phil Jackson. Phil said wow. Body, Mind, Mastery one book I have on my must-read list for my Chicago Bulls players because it goes through so many things and breaks down so much stuff 
it, uh, I, I can't even explain to you, but he also has it in audio cassette or CD-ROM. So if you're in the car and you want to listen to it, you can do it that way if you don't have the time to pick up the book. So check it out, Body, Mind, Mastery, Dan Millman, uh, some incredible, incredible books. Fantastic. I mean, you hear what my husband, the passion that he has for these authors, and he, he actually walks the walk. He doesn't talk the talk. He reads these books, sometimes to the point where I'm like, honey, can you put the book down and can we talk? But he just loves getting information. He's a sponge. I'm a sponge. I, we want you to be a sponge. Listen, go out, get these books, read them. You could teach yourself so much. You could save so much money, and you can not make a lot of mistakes just by picking up a book and reading. We wouldn't do ourselves justice if we didn't tell you about our books that we have in our library, um, we are best-selling authors ourselves in our own right, in our minds even, if nothing else, and um, our, our kids as well. Now, in our library under Infinite Love Publishing, we have No Ordinary Love, A True Story of Marriage and Basketball by Doug and Jackie Christie, written with Michael Levin as our ghostwriter. Next, we have Woman, A, a <laughs> Practical Guide to Loving the Skin You're In by the author Jackie Christie. Then we have Colored Girl by Jackie Christie. It's called Proud to Be a Colored Girl, and it is an inspirational guide. Um, it is a, it's a movement. you got to pick up Colored Girl. Go to coloredgirl.com. It's, it's just it's hot, okay? Then we have A Teenager's Guide to Finding Self-Love. It's titled I Want to Live, A Teenager's Guide to Finding Self-Love by our daughter, Shani. She's also in the library. And then we have our 8-year-old son, the little prince of the Christie family who has Dougie Learns to Ride. It is a fabulous, fabulous kid's book. It's doing excellent on Amazon. He is a little bestseller on Amazon. Everybody support his book. It's titled Dougie Learns to Ride. If you got a son, a daughter, uh, if you have a child that you're close to, a nephew, a niece, a friend's kid, whoever, pick up his book, support him. Um, all of the proceeds for all of our books go to our foundation, which is Infinite Love Foundation, Shani has one also, Shani Girl Foundation, Dougie has Dougie Boy Foundation. Dougie's isn't as established yet because he's still only eight years old, people, but he is under ours, which is Infinite Love Publishing, and we go to help impoverished families and single mothers and just anyone really, really, really needing assistance. So um, we just wanted to share that with you. We're going to move right along, and we're going to jump right into the segment of news. No question about it. And today in the news we have. Well, God, we got depth. Layton Six Flags, they filed for bankruptcy. I am so distraught. We went there, actually, earlier this year, or late last year, rather, I should say, and it was a fabulous time that we had. But here we go. The amusement park company Six Flags is seeking Chapter 11 bankruptcy, saying it needs to reorganize and shed $1.8 billion in debt. And um, Mark Shapiro, the New York-based company chief executive officer, says the move won't of its 20 theme parks in the U.S. and Mexico and Canada right now. Six Flags says it actually had a great year in 2008. It saw 25 million visitors and posted record revenues, but executives are trying to lighten a $2.4 billion debt load that they say is unsustainable. Saturday's bankruptcy filings came after an earlier plan to negotiate an out-of-court deal with creditors failed. Six Flags shares have traded below $1 since September. So this might be a hint, everybody. I'm not a, a trading person that knows how to tell you how to go on or a day trader. I want to be, but I'm not yet, and I'm afraid that I might get in too heavy 
and my husband divorced me because I don't start gambling. But I tell you, if this is trading below a dollar, and I know how much kids love Six Flags, this might be something that all of us should really think about going and buying a couple of stocks in. Because when it comes on that upswing, and right now we're, you know, we got some stuff to share with you that the economy might be turning around. Them stocks are going to go up, and people are going to make some money. So we're on first thing Monday, we're going to see if we can buy 25 of these stocks. That's, what, $25. We can afford that. No, they're only 26 cents right oh, now. So. Oh, we buying a 1,000 uh-huh. of them. How much is a 1,000 times 26? Hold on. I'm going to calculate this. Oh, 26, how much? I need see, he's a mathematician. What is it? Okay, well, we're going to do that. That is funny right there. No question about it. You know, you get four for a buck. That's right. That's going on. Uh, but I wonder how much it costs to make those uh, those high rolling roller coasters oh that, my that God. I don't go on at all, so don't even try it. But also we have, now listen to this, ladies and gentlemen, an umpire, and this is baseball, an umpire ejects an entire crowd, not just one or two people. He injected, ejected the entire crowd at a prep game in West Burlington, Iowa. An umpire oh has emptied the stands at a high school baseball game, injecting the entire crowd of more than 100 fans for being unruly. What? Umpire Don Briggs said he had no problem with any of the student-athletes during Thursday's game between Winfield Mountain Union and West Burlington. He said he had to take action because the fans were being unruly, yelling, and arguing. However, West Burlington Superintendent James Sleister said he didn't see any unusual behavior and said he thought the umpire overreacted. So in these times with so much craziness going on, he's hearing stuff from the players a little bit. The fans are probably going crazy. They want to win. And, hey, everybody go home, and we're going to finish the game all by ourselves. That is uh, unprecedented. So uh, watch out when you go to a baseball game. Sit on your hands, eat your popcorn and peanuts, and just uh, cheer for the guys. Almost definitely. Did you guys hear that? He was not playing around. And, you know, it brings me back to a a show we watched, a movie we watched last night. It was fabulous, and it was titled The Express, and it was such a great movie. And just athletics, period. You know, my husband being an athlete, it just really makes you appreciate and respect what players do. So I can kind of understand where where this gentleman was coming from. Next we have big banks are repaying $50 billion. Is this the financial boom just ahead that we're looking at, as well as the economy, it suggests that banks are healing. Okay, so that's a really, really big deal. Um, they didn't expect it to be getting paid back so soon, and since they are, it's starting to make some people, economists and um, commentators about the financial situation, say maybe we're looking at the upswing now. That would be a fantastic thing for everybody involved, no doubt about that. Now, my wife mentioned the movie Express, and since she did, I'm just going to capitalize on it. Oh, no, don't. It. It's going to make me cry. It is it's a movie that talks about <laughs> oh Ernie Davis, who was the first African-American to win the Heisman Trophy from Syracuse University, came right mm-hmm. after Jim Brown, and they said Jim Brown should have won it, but he didn't, and Ernie Davis came behind him with the encouragement of Jim Brown nonetheless. And Ernie died, unfortunately, of leukemia at 23 years old, but was a fantastic, fantastic, dominating football player, but uh, inspired so many, so many people. It was just a beautiful story. So if you do get a chance to check it out, check out The Express, the Ernie Davis story. But also in the news we have, now this is weird, a fake veteran hid under ocean of lies. Richard Stranlaw said he survived the 9-11 attacks on the Pentagon. He also said he survived a roadside bomb in Iraq, (laughs) killing (laughs) fellow Marines. 
he he points <laughs> to his head to tell people he had a metal plate, collateral damage, explosions, crowds ate up the for the stories he appeared at sides of politicians, inspiring and seemingly an authentic uh, version of what happened. But uh, now it's come out that <laughs> this guy isn't who he said that he was. So we have to watch and even check out some of our veterans who, uh, hands down, we have to, to give our hearts out to because they're doing so much, so much to protect us. But keeping it right there in that whole realm of uh, politicians and what have you. Ex-President George W. H.W. excuse me, senior, guess what he did, ladies and gentlemen, for his 85th birthday? He took it and he jumped out of an airplane, no question, and skydived at 85. Go ahead, W. Bush. It was. They, they show a picture of him in the newspaper. It was. Uh, it, it was fantastic to see him, and I know the adrenaline is definitely going to keep him alive for some years. So George W. Bush at 85 with the sky die. Now listen, was his son there? They didn't say. No, he he was actually he wasn't by himself. He had um, a, a colonel that he was attached to, oh. and uh, when they showed the picture, they showed his feet on landing were kind of up because at 85 he's probably a little more. Yeah. Fragile, and the colonel made sure the landing went good. But uh, it, it was cool to look at. No question about it. Can I tell you it. something? Our daughter wants to skydive one day. I don't have her. that aspiration. Do you? I'm going with her. Oh, she yeah, skydives. I'm right there. I'll be right beside you, baby. No, you won't. Oh, bull crap. I'm you there. Guys, you guys will skydive when I'm no longer on this earth. So she jumps okay. out of a point, and I'm jumping with her. <laughs> no, and then they're moving right along. We don't want to spend too much time on that. You know, we, we have a special guest that we wanted to welcome to the show, but we had to move it up a couple hours because some exciting things is happening right now. So um, we're going to reschedule her for next week. And her name is Erica Rose. She is the best known, um, she's best known, excuse me, as the most outspoken Bachelor star in history. She serves as co-chair of the Human Rights Gala in the Fight for Equality. She uses her star power, law, school education, and most of all, firm belief that everyone is entitled to love and to marry whomever they choose and to stand up for equality. And as you guys know, we were going to invite 100 uh, lesbian and gay and lesbian couples to marry with us this year, but since the law wasn't passed in Los Angeles, we decided we're going to have to wait until they are able to, and we'll send that a rain check to them, and we'll send that invitation in the years to come. Um, God willing, we'll have many more marriages. And so um, we think uh, her belief system is right on target. It's there. Everybody should be allowed to do um, what they would like to do because this is America and it's a free country. Um, she's fantastic. She she fights for equality and um, justice and just, you know, for everybody to be treated the same. And, you know, that goes right in line with our book, uh, with my book, Colored Girl. So I can't wait to talk to her. Um, we will be talking to her next weekend. We had it all set up and everything. So um, we're going to jump right on down into our tips and beauty um segment and we have for you guys started <laughs> off for the men out there that want to add that a little extra special touch check out the fedora now fedora is a hat it's been around for many many years but nowadays you don't have to wear it with a suit you don't have to dress up you could throw on a white t-shirt some jeans tennis shoes and it's just like a baseball hat because it comes in many different brim sizes colors if you want to add a feather you can add a feather it depends on how you want to do it Barney's New York is one of my favorite places to go get them you can do so 
much, so much with the fedora, so many different styles. I've seen it worn with college jackets. I've seen it worn with suits, T-shirts. Check them out, men, fedora. That's that's really, really hot. Did you hear that? And I'm going to tell you guys something else. I got this email just now, honey. They want to know what's so exciting. So I'm going to just tell you, it's purple and gold, and it runs fast down from one end of the court to the other <laughs> And it's about six of them at any given moment. And then the other side is, what's the other one? Blue and what? Blue and white? Blue and white. Blue and white. And so it has something to do with with some people competing really hard at 5 o'clock. And that was the time of our original show. And we just can't miss it. My husband's been commentating, as you guys see, for ESPN. And he has to watch it or he won't know what he's talking about when he goes back on the next time on Monday. So just wanted to let you guys know that. There you go. Next, we have, for my tip, sandals. They are sexy, yet they are a fashion statement as well. You can wear sandals with jeans, um, sundresses. Men can wear sandals. My husband's got about four or five great pair of leather ones. He just throws them on with jeans once in a while. He doesn't wear them often, but when he does, it's a nice little treat. His feet get to breathe and rest and say hello to the world. So pick you up some great sandals. They come in all sizes, all price ranges. Even Target has some great ones, and they're not cheap. So don't think, oh, my God, they're going to come apart when I wear them down the street. They're not. they got some good ones. Make sure you clip those nails. Those <laughs> oh, also, <laughs> also, for everybody out there, we have the digital camera. Now, we're talking different amounts of pixels for clarity, you guys. They come in different sizes. You can go from the super small spy size to a regular size digital camera that can fit in your purse, your pocket, or anywhere. Uh, they also have a viewing screen on the back, so you don't have to look through it. You can just look at the back of the camera and see exactly what you're shooting, have the ability to upload to YouTube. MySpace, whatever you want. This is a must-have. Uh, some of them even have the capability to, to film it. Instead of having it on camera, you can do it just like you are uh, recording, you know, anything that you want to do. So you can go from recorder like a movie to taking pictures on a regular. Uh, you can play with the, the different, you can make it a negative. You can, there's so much that you can do with it. You can paint it and look look like a, a portrait. So check out Digital Camera. Look at all the different um uh, things they have for you as far as what you can do with it, uploading and different things, but get you one, a digital camera. Yep, that's right. And then the next one and final one is strapless bras. This is for the ladies, and I'm not getting crazy here. This is something that you got to pick up. Our daughter is about to do a pretty big photo shoot, and they just requested that she has one. So this was something I thought of for lifestyle and stuff because a lot of women want to wear the strapless tops, the tank tops, and so on and so forth, but then the straps of the bra shows, and it looks kind of tacky. So get yourself strapless ones. They have them everywhere. You'll still be modest, but you'll still look great at the same time. So that's my tip. And then we're going to jump right on down into love and romance, and you know that it's that time. And I have a surprise for you guys. That is right, babe. And will you do the honor today and share with us that special piece of poetry that goes right along with where we're at <laughs> Well, guess what? I'm so excited. I know the game is going to be starting soon. I know we got a lot of things going. I have, I had a poem for you guys. I wanted to read you what I'd love to read you, and I've done it three times on the show already, Phenomenal Woman by Maya Angelou, my favorite, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to save that for another show next week, but I'm going to share with you another poem that I have from my husband, and it's titled Roses. You ready, baby? Oh, yeah. Fire away. <laughs> Roses are red, violets are blue. I really enjoy watching movie marathon with you. <laughs> 
So, so that's my poetry for today, and I want you guys to know, ladies out there, make up something sweet for your man. With men out there, make up something nice for your girl, and just you know, it's getting ready to be summer. We're in LA right now, and it is June gloom, so there's no sun. And when we talk to the wizard later on today, we got to tell him that he's not missing anything because it is just really great. And I'm really missing Seattle because I hear it's 70 and stuff up there, so we're kind of like a little depressed about that. But otherwise, it's, it's all good. We're handling some things. Well, you you know, no question about it. When we're in love and romance, ladies and gentlemen, we go from poetry to spoken word. But at the same time, we always have a chance to have some of those beautiful choice words from you, our listeners. And first and foremost today, we got one that uh, I think really touched both my wife and I. And it was interesting because when it came across, it came across just as words. And I'm going to read the words to you. And it said, Doug and Jack, you two remind me of love joy, peace, commitment, faithfulness, inspiration, beauty, and exceptional. And we both looked at each other and said, wow, those are some words that when you have those uh, tied to your name, it really makes you feel good. So thank you very much for the compliment. We truly, truly appreciate it. Next, I have a question for you, my love. It says, Jackie, how do you balance your marriage, your career, and your family all at the same time. This comes from Kim in Chicago, Illinois. I would have to say prayer, Kim. Prayer and all. <laughs> I balance it with list, list, L-I-S-T. Did I say list? I write list out and I make sure that my priority is my family first and foremost and what we need to do and what we need to accomplish. And I've, this is my life. I live and breathe getting things done, accomplishing things, and having fun with the people that I care most about. We have a small circle of people that we spend a lot of our life with. And some people may call that boring, but I I genuinely appreciate and love it, and I think it's great. I've lived my life where, you know, you got all your friends and you go to Seward Park. I don't know if you guys ain't from the 206, you wouldn't know, but you jump in the car and you fly down to Seward and you be out there, you own the scene, and you're saying hi to everybody, and the music is bumping, and, you know, you're having your golden champagne and eating your pepperoni and the whole nine. I could just share my whole, the whole genre of what we used to do. But once you get out of that and you just really just, you want simpler things or you want something different, and I found that this is this is my little niche. This is what I like. I enjoy it. Um, I'm living my life. I get a lot, a lot of backlash from a lot of um, lunatics out there that don't know and don't understand, and they, they make up stories, but they talked about Jesus, and I just laugh I just because this is where I'm most happy at, and that's with my family enjoying things and loving life and trying to help them accomplish their goals and our friends accomplish their goals if they have any, and so on and so forth, and raising our children, and basically that's what it's all about. I always, always, always tell people, you could be out there on the party scene and kicking it and having a good time, but protect yourselves. Be careful. There's a lot of things out there that can harm you. It isn't just the danger of being around other people that might happen to be on some drugs or be angry or violent or anything like that. It could be something health-wise. It could be HIV and AIDS or something like that. So just, you know, if you are going to choose that other life, the fast lane and all that, just know what you're getting into and protect yourself as best you can. So I balance um, my life with the fact that I love what I do and it's organic and that's the way I keep it. And if you yeah. like golden champagne and pepperoni, <laughs> oh no. And then the last one is, guys, what is your secret to having a great marriage? You want me to answer that, or you want to answer that, babe? Okay, and then we're going to jump into sports because I see we got the whiz on the line, and I say we just, you know, our secret is just. Um, there really isn't a secret. It's you commit and then you you live up to what you say. You walk that walk. You don't just talk the talk. And there is 
ups and downs and ins and outs and around and around. But if you commit for that partnership and that, and you become soulmates and you guys are in it, you know, to win it and be in it forever, then you don't trip that. You just keep going. But nothing's perfect, so I don't want to pretend that we have anything that's perfect. We have a beautiful, um, treasured, committed, loving, respectful, which is most important, relationship, and I would title it and call it infinite love all day long. Babe? Well said. I won't touch that because <laughs> you, you, you're not, you're not so you knocked it out of the park. There's no need to swing after it's a home run. So. In uh, saying all that, we all know what that music Ooh, I like that. That's different music. You know what? I have really been doing that too. Saying it the right way. And at this time, it's time to bring in the one and the only whistle in the world of sports. There is a lot going on, so I already know that he probably has an uh, air compressor beside him so that he can keep on talking. Whistle, are you there in Blog Talk Land? I am not far. How are you guys? <laughs> there you go. There's so much going on. Uh, let's let's start it off. Did you see New York, New York? And when I say New York, I don't know if I'm supposed to say that four times. But last night, uh, the Mets and the Yankees meet, and it was a fantastic game, first of all, because the final score was 9-8, to eight, so the Yankees win. So there's a lot of a lot of scoring going on. But unfortunately, Luis Castillo drops the ball, which was an incredible play on a pop-up. Uh, what do you say about that play? I, did you see it? Well, I did see it, and you know that things happen. Uh, the professionals, but errors occur sometimes. The inexplicable happens, and uh, bigger than anything, the the win was really, really needed for a Yankees team that was just hammered over the past couple of days by the Sox. No question about it. The Sox are playing some good baseball right now. And uh, Luis Castillo, we're talking a gold glover, so this isn't something that, that he does on a regular. I think he set the the record for most innings played without an error. And uh, just an unfortunate, unfortunate incident. But check it out because it was a fantastic game. Now, in the world of hockey, the hockey world is over. The Pittsburgh Penguins defeat the Detroit Red Wings in Game 7 on their home ice. Uh, so congratulations to the Penguins. This is the first time since uh, 1992 that uh, they have the Lord. Do you know it was called Lord Stanley's Cup, Little? That's really, really interesting. And I'd like to first and foremost give you kudos on your pick. Uh, I felt a, a little bit uh, betrayed because I didn't <laughs> understand. The series would sway that way with Detroit coming out strong after a 2-0 lead. But, hey, obviously the best team wins, and you got to give it up to Mr. Crosby, something special. No question. I, I, I'm, I'm a Penguins fan. I, I you know, I, you got to pick your team when it comes to hockey. I, I, I'm really digging what they're doing. They look like they got something happening up there. Uh, it was good to see Mario Lemieux. Haven't seen him in a while. He's looking dapper, a couple of gray hairs. But uh, uh, we're going to have to keep our eye on the Penguins. Obviously, we know the Red Wings are always at the top of the NHL, so they will be back. A uh, little older legs. I think they'll they'll make it happen for them though. I got a big question for you. Now, you see that uh, Plexico Burroughs, he's out there. Where could he land? Was, is there a home for Plexico? There possibly could be. Um, you know, and I've always felt that his legal troubles uh, would be 
a bigger issue. But obviously, you know, it, it, when it comes down to it, it comes down to ability. And uh, can you help us? And, uh, and obviously, you can definitely help a team. Um, I'm, I'm curious to see because there's a couple different cases going on. We got Michael Vick, who's coming off a situation where he is taking care of his obligations in terms of with the law, and we got Plexico, who's pending. And if we're talking about some pretty serious stuff, and uh, obviously uh, going on the record of what the mayor of New York says, uh, it's going to make he's going to make it a tough task for Plexico to play this year. So uh, I'm curious to see what happens. But definitely, he can play. I definitely believe he can help somebody, and he's definitely a different difference maker. No question. When you're six five and you just throw the ball up and you can go get it, you can do some stuff for some teams. So, uh, Plexico, we're praying for you, buddy. We hope you land in a good spot. Now, the uh, College World Series in baseball, and this would be the 63rd NCAA World Series, is going on in Omaha, Nebraska, Cal State Fullerton versus Arkansas. Later on today, ESPN Louisiana State's taking on Virginia, uh, Arizona State, North Carolina, and Southern Mississippi in Texas. Uh, I don't know what to say about this one. Was a second-rate Cal State Fullerton? I, I don't know who to pick in this one. We're going to have to kind of keep our eyes open, and next week I'll, I'll get your pick there, and I'll give you some time to check that one out. I'm not sure who we're going to go with. So, people, check it out, ESPN Today. Uh, the College World Series is going on. Now, Wizzle, do uh, you have any problems with that? I will always go West Coast. I'm sorry, but we play a high grade. Out here, y'all. West Coast. <laughs> there it is. Well, keeping it on the West Coast, Whistle UW women's softball, we have to take our hats off and give them kudos. First ever national championship. The Husky women do it. What do you think about that one? Well, obviously, it was a big game. I had the opportunity to, to check it out. And uh, big kudos to the, the program and obviously to the best player out there. We have a, a unheralded pitcher. Uh, I can't remember her name right now. It, it, it dazed me, but she's super special. Uh, she has four or five shutouts this year, which is unheard of in, in softball. So, uh, hey, get what you deserve. Congratulations. No question. Well, what everybody is talking about, what everybody's waiting for is the NBA Finals. Right now the Lakers has a, have a decisive 3-1 lead. We're looking at Game 4 right now. The uh, Game 5 will be later on today. But Game 4, I- I'm looking at coaching decisions. First and foremost, Phil Jackson taking the ball out three-quarter court, unconventional. I really think it was a big move. He caught Orlando off pace. uh, And then Van Gundy allowing Fisher no foul coming up the court. Nobody had their feet above the three-point line on defense. He lets him walk in and knock down a three-pointer. And then again Van Gundy with 31 seconds left. Uh, let's Hito go for a three instead of, I thought, what could be a quick two, and then you're going two for one. So uh, inside of those uh, three, what do you think are, are, are is maybe the biggest coaching decision that, that affected game four? Well, um, obviously it, it had to be the the adjustments uh, that were made by Phil Jackson. Um, I don't know their timeout status, but I'm sure – that they had one, hey, you just go ahead and take one after you get a chance to assess uh, what the offense is going to do, you know, and and, and that wasn't done. Um, Obviously, that, uh, his lineups, 
there's a lot of things that go in, and, and all of it entails uh, experience. And so you have to give the Lakers a, a slight edge there on the experience card because, uh, you know, you, the, the little subtleties do make a difference. Um, you know, who you play, when you play, how many minutes you play, uh, how you're stroking this guy's ego. Uh, so all those things kind of go into, into play there, and he let a big one get away. No question about it. Well, uh, what did you think about Jameer Nelson? Was it too much Jameer down the stretch? Did, did Van, D, Van Gundy just, uh, I mean, he has Rayford sitting over there. He played well, nine points in the first quarter, didn't really play in the second quarter. Uh, you know, during a, a situation like that, I mean, he's he's played so much street ball and different things that, uh, you know, I believe that he might have, played a little bit different. You never know. You're always second-guessing. But uh, what did you think, too much Jameer, or was that the right call? Well, I definitely, and it's just my personal opinion, feel that it was too much Jameer. Uh, we look at his loss. Uh, it's been four months since his last contribution to the team that has, mind you, got through a very, very tough and underrated Philly team. You move on, you beat and take out the Celtics, and you take out uh, the best team in basketball this year. Uh, in terms of record-wise, and uh, you go with a certain uh, group of guys and, and the type of talent and the know-how, the second the second wave of talent, the way we play, the way we attack it, the way I'm coached. And I think everything was was super altered uh, when you when the, when you got him back for game one. Uh, you didn't let Anthony Johnson touch the court. Uh, all those type of things taking the place because all those players played huge roles and getting you where you are. So uh, you forget the people who got you where you are. And it, and it really, really, I'm sure there's a lot of upset players. No question. I mean, when you look at Anthony Johnson, he's a he, he's a veteran player. He knows the game, it looks like. He plays defense. Even him in a situation like that, I'm sure that he would have been up pressuring uh, uh, Fisher as he brought the ball up court. But I, I just really think on that call, masterful call by Phil Jackson by taking it out three-quarter court and really just caught them off guard. Now, when you look at the Lakers, I, I really think it's been a tale of two halves, a non-aggressive Lakers in the first half, and then a very aggressive Lakers in the second half, and you can see the difference. When they play that non-aggressive style, they, they're not the same team, but when they're aggressive, they play at a different tone, a different pitch. They're moving the ball. They are going to the hole. They're trying to hit people. All of a sudden, the game gets a little chippy, which I think is a good thing because uh, it, it brings out focus in a lot of players, to be frankly honest with you, that when someone gets in your face, all of a sudden you're saying back up and, hey, we're really trying to win this thing. So uh, the tale of two halves for the Lakers. What Laker team do you expect to see today in game five in this closeout game? Um, uh, I think that's tomorrow, too. Uh, but I do expect a very, very focused team. I expect a, a, a resilient Kobe Bryant, and not in terms of, of, of scoring, more in terms of being a facilitator, in terms of uh, taking the plays, making the right plays, uh, maybe in and off on a high note. I'd expect him to get like a triple-double. Why not get a triple-double on your high note to, to go out? Because you know what, that's all it pretty much takes uh, for you to help your teammates, and you have a better team. You have better experience. Uh, the only time that, that when the Lakers slow down is kind of ironic is when Kobe kind of gets the ball and he holds it rather than catch it and move it. Uh, you can notice the lineups when they put out uh, the second lineup with Farmar 
and then maybe a couple of key players, but they keep the ball moving and everybody's cutting in the triangle. You can see it. There isn't a triangle when Kobe's in. So uh, if he runs more of the triangle and, and just uses the talent they have, he'll be fine. I think he'll be super tough to beat. No question about it. Now, uh, when you look at um, Orlando, Hito foul trouble I really, really think is a super big thing because Hito is their best player, in my opinion. I mean, he does so much. He is so big. And whenever you see him in foul trouble, I think that you start to see Orlando really start to falter. Although Pietras comes in, he gives them a spark. He is like those outlet because Hito drives and he finds Pietras and he's able to knock down shots. So uh, what do you think about them trying to keep Hito on the court? I think uh, definitely uh, it's them keeping uh, Hito on the court will be huge, and uh, it, it's it's uh, what's really huge is the fact that uh, they need to utilize Rashard Lewis a little bit more, I think, and that would be Hito's responsibility as well. Uh, you have a guy who's uh, the leader in terms of making three pointers uh, this regular season, so you got to take advantage of Rashard Lewis and what he brings to your club. And I think that it will take away from some of this, some of the, the the innocent fouls that come. You know, you just defer to your teammates. It gets you out of trouble. It helps your teammates uh, and strokes their ego. And and everybody's playing at a level where you're playing. So I think that's what needs to happen. And uh, I'm curious to see what's going to happen in this next contest. Now, now, when you say utilize Lewis more, do, what do you think about? Because I think they're wasting a lot of his talent from the standpoint that, yes, he, he's a knockdown three-point shooter, no question. But what he has to do, because he doesn't dribble a lot, is he has to wait. What about putting him in the post? Because he has a huge advantage usually. Even over a Lamar Odom, I think he has an advantage because they're about the same size and he has a beautiful turnaround jump shot. Uh do you put him in the post more to try to get more out of him? And then he also can kick the ball out and move it around to three-point shooters. Well, I definitely believe that you have to figure out ways for that to happen, and that's based upon the matchup. So, say for right now, it would be like conventionally posting up uh, Dwight Howard. But they have to leave somebody, maybe not just just by not bringing Dwight Howard out for a pick-and-roll, which seems – I mean, a waste of, of time for me because, because personally, folks, when we're talking basketball, we're talking about trying to get shots in the paint, trying to get a whole bunch of layups this game, if we could. Okay, it's nice that we can make a three-pointer, but we want the high percentage shot. If we got a guy who's a beast in the paint, we want him to get the ball and demand a true and an honest double team. That's when you pick your poison. I think him and Richard and all the other players would thrive from that, and they don't get into situations where, uh, where they're trying to make decisions on the on the go, they get the ball. It's like shoot it or you pass it, and I think that's where they've got a lot of their success. No question about it. Well, uh, something that I've been working on is for the Lakers. I, I really think that you let Howard go. You let. It, I haven't seen him score forty points, and I don't think personally that he has enough offensive moves to give you a fifty-point game. But you shut down Lewis, you shut down Hito, and you shut down Pietras, and you got 
24 to 30 fouls, depending on if you put Lamar Odom on them, and you just let those guys, let him go, let him, let them stick him. What do you think about that type of a, of a game plan for the Lakers in taking away a lot of the, the firepower that Orlando has? Do you think that that's an option that they could use? I definitely believe it's an option. Um, he, he has had a big game, uh, the closing game against Cleveland. Uh, I can't remember his numbers precisely, but it was somewhere around 40 points. So he can put up your 30s, whatever, and 20 rebounds. And that's not the issue. He's actually playing for a record to, to tie up the double-doubles with 21. Imagine that, 21 postseason double-doubles. That's with Tim Duncan and Charles which is safe company. But uh, that would be a good idea. He doesn't show a, a vast array of post moves. And uh, it seems like a, a, a lot of different teams just play into a conventional form of NBA, if you will, thinking. And so that got me kind of thinking about what Alonzo Mourning had made comments about Phil Jackson and the fact that this is a Kobe-driven team and he doesn't really have to do a lot of work. And I can kind of see where where he would say that, although – Still, still managing the, day, the game. A lot of that is on what Kobe sees out there, and and maybe that's where there's inefficiencies come sometimes during the second half or throughout quarters of the game. No question about it. Well, ladies and gentlemen, breaking down the finals. Whistle last before I let you go. Do the Lakers close it out tomorrow in Game Five, or are we looking at a Game Six back in Tinseltown? believe that we are looking at a game six, and, and there's a couple different reasons. First and foremost, I think that Dwight Howard will show a big. I think their team will, will try to respond a little bit for their fans because it's it's really huge uh, thing in Orlando right now, and uh, it's better for the NBA. Link, what do you think about that? No question. It is always a good thing for the NBA to have a game seven, six, or anything past four. Well, as always, your insight to sport is fantastic. And until next week, we will see you same station, different time. We'll see you at 5 o'clock next week. Whistle, thank you as always. Fried foods, steak fries, and gizzards. I am out. <laughs> and everybody, as you see, we made a little bit of a blooper, and we said that the game was today. Don't rush home. Start lighting up the barbecue and grabbing the wine. No, wait till tomorrow. My husband just sent me a note letting me know that it is tomorrow. But guess what? We'll be ready, and my husband will be commentating what happened next Saturday, 5 o'clock. Thank you so much for tuning in. Take care and peace. Respect.
Thank you.